To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by PB and Joey. Simple, honest, and delicious. Go to pbandjoey.com and check out the new trail mix flavor with apricots. pbandjoey.com for more information. Trying to get crazy with this thing. Don't you know I'm local? Jay here, PositiveSarcasm.com. Find me on Twitter at POSSarcasm. Find me on Instagram at Positive underscore Sarcasm. Shout out to the person I was chatting with last week over the Sweden thing. Thank you for helping me fix my Twitch links. One of them was all bustedoed, and it's all set. You can find me on Facebook.com slash PositiveSarcasm for the senior citizens of the social media planet. Twitch.tv slash PositiveSarcasm1. Don't forget the one. Fuck the guy who got the other one before me. Anyways. Mm. Sipping on Cafe Bustello, back to normal, but there is an espresso. So make your normal Cafe Bustello, uh, which I normally drink in the podcast. I had the organic Peruvian roast uh, last week, which was actually really, really good. Whole bean in an iced coffee, Fandido. And then this week, I'm back to Cafe Bustello, but they also have for like $7.99, as opposed to the regular three or four bucks you pay for a bat for, you know... Cafe Bustelo. I'm a little shaky today. Uh, you can get an, a darker espresso, espresso roast. It's not bad. It's, it's really not that bad. Too much shit on your mic. You might as well wear a helmet. Uh, yeah, too much shit. Uh, cheeky monkey. Too much uh, shit on your mic. Actually, that's true. My microphone is covered by a Aperol uh, sunshade or uh, sunglasses thingy. And then I got my headphones on here because I was doing audio work last night. I was working hard while you were asleep or probably doing something more important with your time. So I had my headphones here, but I will happily get these headphones. These are Sennheiser headphones, by the way, you know, because I'm moving up in the world. And, of course, a pair of Aperol sunglasses. And on my arm, which I relocated, I have my mic arm was bumping too much over on the left-hand side where my article laptop sits and i moved it over to the right hand side with an i i little i built it myself it took it from casey neistat if you can't afford to buy it build it so not sure uh, there was really that's the end of that thought process follow me on social media you want to follow along the twitch stream you can also subscribe to this podcast itunes stitcher podcast at google play music i'm on all of them haven't been banned from anything yet minds minds.com find me on there using a positive sarcasm uh, that's just in case I get kicked off of Twitter, which, you know, I'll make a gender joke sooner or later, and then that's all out the window. I also, if you want to support the podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Anyways, uh, I think I, I brought this screwdriver, if you can't see on the podcast, which you normally can't. I have a screwdriver, and the reason I have a tiny little computer screwdriver is I have an unboxing, because I bought a bunch of new gear. Not all of it's here. But I got some new gear. Uh, so I'm going to grab this box. It's from Amazon. Amazon Prime. You know. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, yeah. All right. Let me grab it. Hold on. Moving this thing out of the way. The first unboxing on the Positive Sarcasm Twitch stream. All right. You hear this? You, you guys, this is like Christmas when you hear this sound. 
Okay. This actually got here pretty quick. I have to admit. Although I'm more of a fan of eBay, personally. Alright. Ooh. It's a box. Ugh. There we go. Alright, so. We have... Got a... Well, it's in a bag, so. We're gonna open that. So, yeah, I've been... Uh, ever since my luck has improved... Uh, in the world, I have been upgrading a lot of my gear. My next two, the next thing to happen is I'm going to upgrade my primary computer. Not my primary computer, although that's in the works. <laughs> I actually, I'm going to get to that in a minute. Remind me about that. But upgrading my main camera for when I do vlogs. Right now, I'm running a Sony Alpha series, and I'm looking to upgrade to a Canon Rebel SL2. I think it would be more efficient for the things I go and do. It's, but, you know, what sucks is whenever you go and buy a new a new Camera. Well, you, when you switch from a older Sony Alpha series to a Canon, I got to change the microphone out because I need a new. I need an external mic. Can't go with a stereo mic. Okay, so I got this little box full of stuff, and this is what came with it. This is all GoPro gear. So I've got a shit ton. I bought a whole bundle kit of GoPros, uh, GoPro gear, because I. Am in negotiations. I'm currently in negotiations to sponsor an amateur drifter. If you guys have never, uh, if you guys don't know anything about drifting, go to my go to youtube.com and check out my channel, uh, Positive Sarcasm, and check out week 85, week 88, and week 91, and week 99. Or just look up, go to my section. There's a section called uh, you know car stuff, and it's all about drift racing. And you can check out all the the episodes of Sideways on there, except for the original. The original's not that good. But I, got, I started getting into drift racing because uh, it was easy footage for me to shoot, and I was kind of into the whole vibe of doing it. And so now I was in negotiations with one of the kids I'm working with, Josh. Uh, he hasn't been on the podcast. Maybe someday he will be. But I'm going to possibly GoPro the fuck out of his car. And uh, so I went and got new gear because I have a presentation coming up on the 25th for the Southern Sudan Project. And I bought a bunch of gear, and it comes with, let's see, this looks like an underwater, what the fuck is this? This looks like a, oh, this looks like a GoPro mount holdy thingy. Um, this looks like a, okay, so I got wrist mounts. Wrist mounts are going to be super clean. So if I say, if I got a driver who is, he, he's driving, I can put, I can wrap a GoPro on his wrist. So I got two GoPro Hero 3 Silver Editions, plus threes. Three plus sil silver editions coming in the mail uh, in less than five days. And I'm going to be testing those things out. I'm going to be using them for the presentation for two different angles, and then I'm going to be using them for the drift guys. So I want them. For, I want them mounted on the outside of the car, and I want them mounted on the inside of the car, and I actually want them mounted to the drivers as well. So I got two of these bad boys to move them around. So I'm going to get a lot more angles coming soon. So I got some of them. I got some car mounts. I got a uh, clamp. This is a clamp mount. Uh, wrist mounts, uh, sticker mounts, Jesus Christ, I got, like, everything, there's, like, yep, here's a bar, a, a bar mount, this looks like a wrist mount, uh, and it gives me a nice little, oh, cool, so this is everything I got, this is everything I got, all that shit, see all that shit, so one of them looks like it mounts to a dog, Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got a dog mount. See? Check that out. 
Yeah. So I got a I got a doggo mount. I got a, a wrist mount. So if you watch a lot of you porn, you can live stream your low your load blow. Uh let's see. Chick Mountain Biker here. Chick Mountain Biker here. Wait a minute. You're from Oregon. You found me. Cheeky Monkey69. Are we already following each other on Instagram? You let me know. Just give me a clue. That's my I'm, I'm I want a clue. Do you follow me on Instagram? Yes or no? So I've got all this stuff here. I cannot wait because the vlogs are coming back. Uh, thankfully, I got some that are just, you know, begging to come back. So I got all this shit and it's going to get used. So now I got to figure. And of course, the two GoPros, which are coming next week. And I also ordered external microphones by what the frick they're called. So I got two uh, USB external microphones coming specifically for the GoPros with the fuzzy with the fuzzy you know wind ch wind thingies on them they're come that's I, I bought so I bought two GoPros an entire how um mounting kit minus the waterproof housings and the external microphones two of them so I'm gonna need more bat so what I'll need next is the waterproof housings and the batteries so I got all that coming and then we'll be looking into more shit yes please uh follow me at positive underscore sarcasm uh thank you so much cheeky monkey 69. Thank you more. Okay, so there's that. Um, oh. Oh, sweet. <laughs> Mounts. All right. So that's great. Uh, happy birthday to me. It's not my birthday. Okay. Coming up on the podcast, where is my fucking coffee? Jesus, you work in corners at night? Um, no. Actually, no, I'm not. Mm, not in this town, that's for sure. I don't want to catch anything. Well, okay. That's a good question. Jesus, you're working corners tonight? No, the, the answer is no. Am I but am I a, a vlogging creative maniac who's constantly doing things? Yes. I had a long, long conversation with um a collaborator of mine who works for a nonprofit uh, this weekend. And we had a conversation about, you know, bef bef when we first met and actually bef their interpretation of me, their perception of me before we first met. They were looking at, because when I first got together with them, I was barely into the 20s, like week 20 of my vlog. And I didn't have much, uh, I didn't have much out there besides some blogs, some podcasts, old ones, old ones that were not that good. The sound quality was terrible. I was not a Twitch streamer. I didn't have really any episodes up on YouTube. My editing experience was choppy at best at that point. I was only known for posing music at that point. Positivesarcasm.com slash posing music. And the hesitancy from her about hiring me, not hiring me, but utilizing me to film for them, it was a big risk to take. Because, you know, it's hard. Right now, you're, people are looking for... Everyone with a shitload of experience for cheap money with all kinds of, you know, with with zero suspect, you know, suspect or conflicting backgrounds. Uh, everybody's trying to cover their ass, li you know, liability wise. And, and bringing me on to represent their brand was a big risk, but it paid off. You know, I was able to get many different episodes with them. And obviously, just like anybody else, you grow, you learn, you work through your mistakes, you get better at your craft. And I have gotten better at my craft. My podcasts are weekly. My vlog, pro my vlog work has gotten better. I've switched to more, you know, long-term projects. 
my posing music has gotten better. My, you know, technical skills have gotten better. My speaking skills have gotten better. And this was, you know, over two years ago. So to kind of look back at all that and realize where I am now as far as the things, the projects I'm getting involved with, and now that I'm, you know, I'm start, I'm, I'm making money with the stuff that I'm doing because when you say, Jesus, you work in corners at night, you know, it's, it's, there was a lot of nights. I remember one episode, I was up at 3.30 in the morning to go shoot video just to go co- come up with a new concept, just to get through another week, uh, just going out all night as much as I could to film whatever I could, however I could. No clue what I was up to. So the idea of looking back at it now, and people are willing to give me money to do stuff for them. Apparently my time has valued attached to it when it comes to other people's thoughts and opinions of me now. Uh, it, it definitely does turn the corner as far as what is possible. And with a little bit of you know perseverance and, and staying disciplined to my financial limits, and you know, it was a struggle, definitely an uphill struggle. From having nobody view my stuff to having one person look at my stuff to having somebody watch the whole thing to having people commenting on them to people asking me questions and then to people actually paying me for do, to do some things or for me offering my services and them just saying, yeah, sure, I'll do it just for the fuck of it. Uh, that's how the process should work. That's how the process should always work. And um, I'm very hypocritical. I'm very hypocritical. Well, I'm that too, but I'm very critical of my work. And it's a lot of the times justifiably so, but to work my ass off and be as creative and as working as smartly as smartly, <laughs> as intelligently as possible to get where I am now, believe me, it was a it was a difficult process, as it always should be. You cannot achieve anything in life without going through difficulty. And to where I am now, whereas I don't really have to answer to anyone as far as what I want to do on this channel on my website, positivesarcasm.com, or whatever adventures or creative concepts I want to try to work through, I'm going to do them. And I don't have to answer to anybody or apologize to anybody for it. So pursue what you want in life. Go after that adventure that's calling to you and never look back. Yeah, you'll fail at it in some ways. And a lot of times your dreams will mutate or change form the closer you think you're getting to them. And maybe the website that you designed in the beginning may not exactly be the same thing in a couple of years before you, after you start it. But it'll, the, the, the essence of what you want it to be can still be there. As long as that passion and that love. Because I see these people that do, the, like, they do this marketing and shit or they run businesses that don't necessarily uh, cater to the, the, what's in their heart and soul. And that shit will either burn out you know, either fail or burn out the burn out the, the the person who's you know pushing the stuff. Do what you want, create what you want, invent something that is truly your own, and nobody should ever be allowed to criticize you. Well, maybe they should. It's up to you, actually. Nobody should be allowed to stop you. They have a right to criticize you, but they have no right to stop you. So create your own world, make your own brand, design your own product or service. And then just keep pushing, and eventually people will appreciate you for it. Anyways, uh, yeah, that's enough freaking Tony Robbins for now. Let's move on to some other shit. So, anyways, uh, we did the plugs. We got the plugs out of the way. Shout out to everybody watching on Twitch stream. You can find me on all social media. That looks freaking, looking pretty good. Uh, do I have anything in the journal before I get to the articles this week? What was that, 15 minutes? Yeah, it's great. Mm, I, as you can tell, I had a lot of coffee today. Coffee. 
Uh, I got a lot of stuff done last week. Uh, movie reviews. Ugh, God. Car buying tips. Yeah, car buying tips. Want to do that? Let's do some car buying tips. Uh, car buying tips. Actually, do you want to do that? No, let's skip right to the fuck, fuck the car buying tips. Don't be stupid. Never, you know, never pay full price. There's my car buying tips. Let's go to the Facebook debate. The Facebook debate um, has been raging right now with a couple articles, and I got into a conversation with a gentleman on LinkedIn. I really just wanted to uh, ask questions in terms of what their thoughts were as far as the free market, regulation, monopolies, and other things like that. And I didn't I didn't want to push my beliefs because I really didn't know enough. I knew that I know that something's coming as far as regulation or or uh, Congress stepping in. And I'm trying to want I'm, I'm wondering to myself, is that actually a good thing? So I'm going to check out some stuff for you. This was uh, I it first popped in my it first popped in my feed on LinkedIn by some dude uh, is a writer at large at The New York Times. And the New York Times is very much a hit or hit or miss for me because they have a lot of op eds. Uh, but I know Barry Weiss works for them, and I'm kind of a fan of Barry Weiss a lot of the times. She's kind of a goofball, but I like her. So Charlie Warzel at the New York Times. Today for our privacy project, we published Sober, Well-Reasoned Argument to Break Up Facebook, written by one of its co-founders. After Mark's congressional testimony last year, there should have been calls for him to truly reckon with his mistakes. We are, a, we are a nation with a tradition of reigning monopolies, reigning in monopolies, no matter how well-intentioned the leaders of these companies may be. Mark's power, Mark Zuckerberg, his power is unprecedented and un-American. It's time to break up Facebook. Okay. Now, when they say Facebook, they don't even, not only mean just Facebook, they're talking about places like Twitter, Google. When you say Facebook, you also mean Instagram. Because Facebook owns Instagram, Twitter owns the Cash App, and I think one other uh, project as well. YouTube is, of course, owned by Google. All right, and that's a massive, massive, um, you know, control right there. YouTube is eventually everything. Vimeo is a great service, but Vimeo is not even close to the size of YouTube. So, and they also probably own uh, news services as well. So there's definitely a large collection of social media people on there in general now my concern obviously do i want to do i want something to happen with this i'm i'm definitely for a free market but when the entire market in this section is accused of suppressing speech when this is apparently where everything all of free speech is going it makes me wonder because there definitely is a in my opinion and as far as the the other people that I've spoken with and I've reviewed, there is definitely a bias as far as uh, political and cultural views uh, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. So if we're silencing one, and this is where free speech is going to reside going forward online, then there needs to be a more of a, a free flow thought of conversation. Sunlight is the best debt. Sunlight is the best disinfectant, not just banning people, shadow banning people, suspending them, telling them that their comments don't meet terms of service. It's That's dangerous ground. So what I got into was this gentleman, uh, we'll just call him Robert. He says he, he, he works in healthcare information management, and I've also worked in healthcare. So I'll just basically go through the conversation that I had with him. And it was mostly me asking questions, but ch slightly, not really challenging him, but wanting to get the answers that, I want. first of all, I want to say this guy was intelligent, second of all. And then two, for, for, no, first of all, and then second of all, uh, I just wanted to see if 
my thoughts were maybe they needed to be upgraded or improved or strengthen my argument. So he says, government regulations prevent upstarts from competing. That can be true. Trust that big tech firms would love more regulation. Also true because it takes the liability off them and puts, them on, puts it on the government to supply the enforcement of these regulations. They are all for it because they already have the lawyers. Correct. Let the free market work. Consider that when the Avengers saga started, Yahoo and MySpace were the big players. Seriously, think about that. Okay, kind of more of a timeline thing. We'll kind of his the first part of his argument is is pretty sound. So I replied, uh, I liked his comment. I get a lot of your point of view, and I agree with the free market. But would you consider that concept that Facebook and Google have become so oppressive in their size they are compromising the foundation of the First Amendment and also freedom of the press? Question mark. Maybe not that they are too big, but their vision is quote questionable. They are both by definition a monopoly. Would like your input, please. Okay. He responds, First Amendment opportunities abound as anyone can still put out multimedia interactive websites or apps. Imagine an innovative person with AI skills creating a smart search engine that didn't siphon all your privacy with each keystroke. You can even build and host your own cloud for clients and even the public with Linux systems and servers. True. Pile on a bunch of federal regulations, however, and the startup will never get off the ground. True. How, uh, it is no coincidence that the most regulated industries are dominated by the oldest and largest corporations. We need, large, we need to keep tech flexible by resisting the urge to ask for more federal, quote, help. Very, very true statement that he's making right there because one of the most regulated industries is, of course, healthcare, and it's slowed... Sp- it's slowed incredibly. I have a big problem with the healthcare industry for many, many different reasons. We've discussed it here uh, on previous podcasts. So I responded to him. I said, uh, that definitely answers my questions about regulation. I, you know, example, healthcare industry. However, this issue of a monopoly is, pr- the issue of a monopoly is proving real to me. I remember how AT&T and MCI were dominating the landline market in the 90s. The government certainly isn't smart enough to regulate the tech market, dot, 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 or any market. But it certainly can recognize a monopoly and take appropriate action. Competition at the top will allow for stronger competition at the bottom, dot, 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 or something like that. Uh, Mirren Bartko also jumps into this conversation. I remember MCI merging with Bell Atlantic creating Verizon. However, I don't understand it or the merger merger supports your argument for the deregulation of the technology sector, which I support, by the way. Well, I responded to him. I said that I agree with the, uh, well, that Robert had already explained the dereg- the regulation part of it to me, so I backed off of that that argument. Well, I didn't really have an argument. I was more like asking the question to better my thought process. I wanted to become smarter. So he says, while they are, Robert reiterates, while they are big, and I do congratulate them for that, they are not a monopoly. We have lots of options. Back in the day, the, quote, Ma Bell monopoly meant that you had zero choice when it came to, came to phone calls. If you wanted a phone, then that was your choice. This isn't where we are now. I haven't been on Facebook since 2009. Heck, you can launch your own mini Facebook site with WordPress, BuddyPress, for a few bucks. With skill and creativity, a team could weave together a host of free open source options, which what Android used to be before YouTube or Google stuck its fucking fingers in there, to make it pretty powerful. You can even cheaply mass advertise your site on AM radio ugh, or via sponsorship of a YouTuber. Um, yes and no. Yes and no. There's argument to be made there because of the fact that, you know, uh, PragerU, 
PragerU is like an educational website and they are not allowed from what I understand to advertise on YouTube. But, you know, there are always ways around that. You can word of mouth other websites. There are other ways to get around that. So there are arguments to be made on both sides of that. But I agree with the point he's trying to make. Yes, I get the point that these corporations are big and wield lots of influence. However, I do. F yes, they do. However, I do feel that the opportunity remains for the next team of smart and driven folks to innovate the next wave of competition. Dot, 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 so long as we don't allow burdensome regulations to get in the way of their ideas. Okay. Sound argument. Uh, I responded to uh, Marine Bartko. Oh, the regulation part, Robert properly explained to me. I'm more focused on the monopoly conversation and how it may or may not violate constitutional rights. So we are having that conversation now. I don't want to be another idiot marching on Wall Street with a protest sign with, uh, and no clue what I'm angry about or who I'm angry at. So Robert responds to my original uh, comment. The barrier to entry today is lower than ever. That is very true because I'm literally streaming to you right now on Twitch, running my own podcast that uploads to my server and on my website, which goes through Squarespace. However, if Squarespace kicks me off, I have to go to another place. Um, let me respond to a... I just got a message. I was supposed to do some car work. Let me just get this freaking out of the way. Sorry about this. I'm going to get his point on in a second. Uh... Josh Kowitzki, let's wait one more day. Da, 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 da. I try not to have, sorry, I try not to have uh, interruptions. Today was rough. You're around tomorrow. After the, let's see. After. We are live. Okay, anyways. Your point of regulation is well made. I still have some considerations toward breaking up some of these juggernauts simply because of the manipulation of data, privacy, flow of information, etc. However, there's maybe an issue that can re be resolved on a societal slash community level where merely splitting up these tech companies only changes the battle of big tech, extends their life cycle, and forces the consumer to fight on two fronts. I just see this coming to a head in a way I can't totally picture quite yet. Ultimately, I'd rather not have the government step in. I wouldn't. I really don't, because all they can do is possibly fuck shit up. That's all they can do is fuck it up. And let's face it, we're already fighting a battle on multiple fronts. Like, for example, Alex Jones. Alex Jones wasn't just banned on YouTube. He was banned on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Okay, basically all the large social media platforms. Instantly, almost instantly. YouTube came, or no, excuse me, Twitter came uh, literally a few days later. Okay, but for the most part, they all went through the process and all decided to do it. So if, they, if one company decides to ban you, if one person decides to ban me or Ben Shapiro or Jordan Peterson or Joe Rogan, they can all do it at the drop of a hat. It seems like they, it, they're all in unison when they decide to do something. And they did decide to do it and they just ignore their fan base and just say, yeah, we're going to do this. Uh, it, they violate their, our terms of service. And that's all they have to say. They don't have to say anything else. They can just say it these people violate our terms of service. Like, for example, Joe Rogan had uh, Alex Jones on his podcast. It was a great episode. you got to go back and watch it. That was the episode 9-11, and then there was the new one. Where you, got, you should definitely check that out. That was an amazing podcast. It's the longest one of 2019 for sure. So if they just decide we're going to ban Joe Rogan for violating the terms of service because we have somebody who, quote, spews hate speech and that violates our terms of service, we're going to either A, ban the episode, or we're going to B, get rid of Joe Rogan. And if they all decide to ban him because he's because we view him as a uh, perpetuator of hate speech, simply by having people on this platform, well, and they could just keep doing it. 
So at that point, what's going to happen? Should regulation step in? Should they break them up because they're controlling free speech? Because they're an editorial service? They, or um, do we just create new social media companies that everybody can is welcome to, and there could be a real conversation there, and all these other organizations like Twitch and uh, like Twitter and Facebook and Google, YouTube, they kind of you know get kicked to the curb or they lose they they bleed viewers subscribers i don't know i don't know it's a huge conversation that we're having right now and i don't here's the problem is we i want to have that conversation i want to continue talking okay because the moment we stop talking the moment is the moment that we're in huge fucking trouble um and obviously my thoughts are all over the place but the fact is i'm trying to uh uncensored and unscripted drop my thoughts onto this podcast and get it out there to itunes and stitcher and podcast that i can google play music it would be way more difficult for my you know, few hundred subscribers to get my podcast if iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play Music banned my freaking RSS feed from dropping on their platforms and their apps. And then I was literally just left with uh, it being on a Squarespace website. And then if what if Squarespace decided, oh, we don't want you on here either, and they got rid of my website. And then I have to create it on another platform. You see, it, it, it kind of pushes... It pushes people into. It makes people very defensive. It gets people, uh, you know, on their back heel. That's when people come. That's when people, not necessarily me, but it's always possible. It can make people dangerous. Keeping people in the conversation makes them friendlier. Pushing people into a corner and kicking kicking them out, you know, putting them in the corner makes them dangerous. Okay, it really, really is. Get people to the table. Get them talking. So that was our my conversation with him regarding regulation and monopolies and stuff like that. And I liked what he had to say, and I'm glad. We had a nice, honest talk online on LinkedIn, okay? On LinkedIn. That was the only place I've had in a long time that I truly had an actual conversation that I've used the keyboard with. Um, so thank you, Robert, for enlightening me with some of your information. I'm glad I asked you questions and that, you know, my insecurities about regulation, because I don't like regulation. I don't. Uh, I'm definitely more of a free market guy. And uh, Cheeky Monkey sixty nine, Joe Rogan is a profit dude. He's a he's a something. He's definitely a dude, that's for sure. What's your pronoun? That actually leads me into the my first article. My first article, uh, and it's right from, you know, definitely has to do with big tech too. This is from this is from RogueRocket.com. RogueRocket.com is from my boy Philip DeFranco. Philip DeFranco is a uh, eight million, eight to ten million uh, strong on uh, YouTube. And he does the news. You should definitely go subscribe to Philip DeFranco. Check him out on YouTube. He's a man. He just started a website uh, just last month called roguerocket.com. He's finally got articles and videos and stuff up there. And it's a clean, sweet-looking website. And thankfully, because I don't go and get my news from anywhere else. So thank God for roguerocket.com. So this is, this is by Sam Sammy Sherwin, published 23 hours ago. Uh, Business Insider, iPhone users can sue Apple for monopolizing App Store. Supreme Court rules. Uh-oh. So let me blast through this. The, the, here's the, the bullet points. The Supreme Court ruled Monday that iPhone, users can, and that iPhone users can sue Apple on the grounds that the company is monopolizing the market. Uh, for example, like if, if, you have, if your app allows like porn on it and stuff, the Apple can not allow it in, can disallow it from its store. Just simple as that. Even though Twitter allows porn. Anyways, 
The decision stems from a 2011 class action suit that argues Apple essentially forces users to use to only use its App Store and forces developers to raise their prices because of the company's membership and commission fees. Well, that's pretty much typical of every freaking Apple product out there right now. Apple and other tech companies, well, as you, that's basically why uh, 100% of this house is, of, of my home is PC, all PC, PC and maybe one Android device, <laughs> uh, but no Apples. There's no, there's no uh, Mac OS running in this house. Apple and other tech companies like Google and Amazon are concerned this judgment will bring more lawsuits and antitrust com- uh, complaints against them. The Supreme Court on Monday ruled that iPhone users can sue. Blah, 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 blah. All right, yeah. Judgment overrules through these. Okay, here's let's get to the meat of this bad this this thing. The judge overturns a previous court decision involving four iPhone users who filed the class action suit against Apple in 2011. In their complaint, the users can claim Apple essentially forces them to use only the Apple App Store. Okay. The complaint also says it requires an annual $99 membership fee for app developers. App developers and says Apple takes 30% commission on every app sale. Jesus, it's like fucking extortion. Uh, quote, through these actions, the complaint states, Apple has unlawfully stifled competition, reduced output, and consumer choice, and artificially, artificially increased prices in the aftermarkets for iPhone. So it's like a fucking, it's like an App Store tariff. Uh, Apple turned to a previous Supreme Court decision for their defense. Uh, yeah, this is tech shit, so I do want to talk about it because it's important. You know, just because you have green or blue text, you know, we're all friends here. Apple turned to a Supreme Court decision to, for their defense, citing the 1977 case Illinois Brick Company versus Illinois. In that case, the court ruled that only tech, only those directly purchasing bricks from Illinois Brick Company had the right to sue. The tech company argued that because of the app store was technically a middleman between the app developers and the consumers, the iPhone users had no right to pursue legal action. In 2013, the court ruled in favor of Apple and dismissed the complaint. Quote, given that none of the exceptions to the Illinois brick doctrine applied, the judge ruled, plaintiffs are barred from bringing claims because they are indirect purchasers. The iPhone users immediately filed an appeal to attempt to overturn the judgment, ultimately bringing the case to the Supreme Court appeals in 2017. Insert Brett Kavanaugh. The appeal case finally ended with a 5-4 to four vote on Monday in favor of the consumers. Justice Brett Kavanaugh, remember him, was the deciding vote. He's supposed to be a more conservative judge in this case, uh, you know, but he's for the people on this one, I guess. I think. I don't know how you. I don't know how you think it. But anyways, voting going against Apple and surprising many by forgoing his usual conservative stance. The plaintiffs can purchase apps directly from Apple and therefore are direct purchasers under Illinois Brick. Kavanaugh stated as the reason for his vote. What does the ruling mean? All right. Well, what does the ruling mean? The Supreme Court, however, did not directly rule in the 2011 case on Monday. They only determined that the original plaintiffs had the right to continue pursuing their lawsuit. Many big-name tech companies like Google and Amazon have voiced concerns over the new judgment. No shit, because the lawyers are lining up right now as we speak. I'm sure Mark Garagos is kicking around somewhere. Avenatti, not so much. Uh, They fear that allowing class action suits like the one from 2011 to proceed will open the floodgates to many more antitrust complaints, resulting in costly and lengthy lawsuits. Eh, that's when you know you've arrived. Edward Black, the CEO of nonprofit organization and computer and communication industry association, echoed the tech company's worries. Quote, we are concerned that the outcome of this ruling expands a previous ruling, Illinois Bricks, and increases liability risks for multi-sided business models. Big words, Black stated. The decision may unintentionally expose businesses offering digital platform services to unintended liability. 
It's kind of right. Apple's response to the judgment, however, does not appear to show any concern about future litigation. We are confident we will prevail when the facts are presented and that the App Store is not a monopoly by any metric, they said in a statement. Quote, we are proud to have created the safest, most secure, and trusted platform for consumers, for customers, same thing, and great business opportunity for all developers around the world. Developers set the price they want to charge for their app, and Apple has no role, no role in that. Well, you kind of do when you charge 30% on top. So, yeah. If the plaintiffs decide to continue with their original class action suit, it will be the district court's decision to determine if Apple did, in fact, violate any antitrust laws. For now, they have the support of the free. The, they now have the support of the Supreme Court to fight on. So yeah, there you go. I wonder what you think about that. I mean, right now, how much are you paying? If you're gonna go out and buy an Apple product right now how much more are you paying for an apple product for the safety and security and the trust and compliance of in the you know efficiency of an apple product of an apple service of an apple app as opposed to a pc or an android device how much more are you willing to pay than what you're already paying now on top of that because i can guarantee you when they're lower lawyering up and stuff like this the prices are going to go up. The liability goes up, the prices go up. Simple as that. Unless they're forced to drop, I mean, even if they do drop their prices uh, on the app store. So, I don't know. It, I've never been in, I've, I've never, I, I don't get me wrong, I don't have a, a huge problem with the actual devices. Like, I like Apple products. They're good products. But right now, PC is catching up so quickly and Android quickly behind it as far as efficiency, durability, uh, and then of cost effectiveness, it's already blown them out of the water. You know, I mean, you can go buy a Intel i7 loaded up with RAM for a couple hundred bucks and you can do your photo, you can do your photo editing, you can do uh, 4K video editing for a couple hundred bucks. You're going to pay twice that, three times as that for an, a used Apple product. And it's much easier to modify your PC device. All you get, all you need is a fucking screwdriver. Next thing you know, your RAM is boosted by fifty percent. Your uh, processor, you can you can go and find a, a different processor depending upon the laptop or the desktop. You can actually upgrade your processor for a relatively inexpensive amount. You can tr uh, you can update your hard drive from a disk drive to an SSD for twenty dollars, for as little as twenty bucks. If you need a small hard drive. You can literally just do it for, you know, 20 to 40 bucks. You have an SSD drive, which drastically increases the speed of your computer. And you can do this all within a matter of seconds. So think about that. Why would you want to, and it's much more difficult to do this on an Apple computer. So if once an Apple computer dies or an Apple phone dies, number one, how, how, more, how much more difficult is it to get your stuff back? And number two, is it worth it to just spend all the money to have it upgraded once and not be able to do it again. It's a little more... It, there are some ways to upgrade a Apple computer, but it is much more difficult. I'd rather have the, I'd rather have the ability to make modifications than just pay once and be done with it. There is a convenience for that, and I do have one computer that is a lot like that, but for the most part, I want, the use, I want to be able to make adjustments and modifications hardware-wise if I can, especially on a desktop. But on a desk on, a, on an Apple desktop, you definitely have that ability to do that as far as some modifications. But on a, on a PC, build it. 
Uh, let's see. I do want to continue with the f with tech. Let's see. Facebook advantage users from using its live stream feature. Okay. This one's kind of fucking dumb. So, all right. This is by Nina Pascotta. This is also on Rogue Rocket. Hold on. I think my live stream just went dead. Let's do this again. Well, let's go up and let's go live. And let's start start streaming. Let's see. This happens from time to time. What are you going to do? I'm trying to stay calm today. Let's see. All right. Yep. All right. We're up. Anyways. Let's jump over here. Let's go to Twitch. Yeah. So if you want... What the fuck? Oh, my life. Let's see. It died again. I gotta get a I I yeah. This Twitch thing is definitely new to me, so I gotta keep working on it. Alright, let me wait till that gets back up and then we'll roll again. Do, 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 do. I'm gonna keep rolling with the anyways, I'm gonna keep going with this one strike policy thing. And here we go. Three, two, and one. Live? Let's stay live. Come on. Stay live. Alright, good. Anyways. So this one is Facebook rolls out one strike policy after New Zealand terror attack. Like that's going to make any difference whatsoever. Uh, this is by Nina Pascotta. Of course, of rogerocket.com. Here's the bullet points. Facebook has implemented a new quote one strike policy that will prevent users who violate its community standards from using the Facebook live services for a set period of time. Yep. Okay. That makes all the difference. The rule changes in response to the live stream terror attack in Christchurch, New Zealand, that left 50 people dead. The company also said it's investing 7.5 million into new research partnerships to help improve image and video analysis technology after several modified re-uploads of the attack managed to bypass its current system. Facebook unveiled, unveiled a one-strike policy on Tuesday, bans users from da-da-da-da to violate the plan. Okay. From now on, anyone who violates our most serious policies will be restricted from using live for a set period of time, for example, 30 days, starting their first defense. Facebook's VP of Integrity Guy Rosen wrote in a blog post. Oh, Christ. For instance, someone who shares a link into to a statement from a terrorist group with no context will immediately be blocked from using live for a set period of time, the post continued. The social network also said that it plans to ex extending these restrictions in the near future to other include other policies, like that it will prevent the same people from creating ads on Facebook. Oh boy, this looks like it's not going to end well. What was the policy before? Before it changes, if, posters, if user posted content that violated the company's community standards, that post would, their post would be removed. Then if the individual continued to post violating content, they'd be blocked from using Facebook to, for a certain amount of time. This would include a block from the user's ability to live stream. In some cases, Facebook said it banned violating users from the platform after a single violation. If the instance was severe enough to warrant it, the company cited using terror propaganda in a profile picture or sharing images of child exploit exploitation as examples, even though Hamas still has Facebook pages. Uh, investing in research. Rules came in response of the Christchurch interest. The reposting. Yeah, people were reposting it, which I don't know why you'd freaking do that. Um, anyways, let's see. According to Facebook, many re-uploads of the Christchurch manifest. Okay. However, according to Facebook, many re-uploads of the Christchurch attack were modified to avoid detection. Because of this, the company said it would invest $7.5 million into new research partnerships to help improve image and video analysis technology. Although we deployed a number of techniques to eventually find these variants, including video and uh, audio matching technology, we realized that this is in, a in an area where we need to invest in further research, Rosen wrote. Facebook said it was partnering 
with the University of Maryland, Cornell University. That's a great thing you want to do. Invest in freaking colleges. To research techniques, detected media, manipulated media across images, video, and audio, and distinguish between unwitting posters and adversaries who, un, who intentionally manipulate videos and photographs. The company hopes that the changes will help them battle future attempts to abuse the platform. Our goal is to minimize risk of abuse on live while enabling people to use to use live in a positive way every day. This isn't gonna. I, I just don't. I don't see it working. I just see these algorithms going sideways. Okay. Yeah, I know it's it's gross. I, I totally get it. This guy. I'm pretty. These guys were have all been red flagged though before in the past, and nobody did anything about them. So it was obviously the next step for him to go live before they did some stupid shit. So. By doing, I mean, I just don't, I don't see how this is going to work. I don't. I mean, especially if government regulation or, or monopoly, or the, the idea of a monopoly pops up. I mean, yeah, obviously, you know, shooters and mass murders and stuff like that, they're do, definitely doing it for the attention. And they're always going to get the attention. So the idea of... I just don't, I don't I don't I don't there I just don't see this preventative measure as working. Okay, I, I just I just don't. People are going to post, people are going to do stupid shit. At this point it's not, after eventually they're not going to it's not going to matter whether it's on social media or not. People are doing this for a different reason. These things are happening for a different reason. These are happening because of a cult because of a culture issue, a lack of communication, a lack of community, a lack of upbringing. I mean, community Households, families, um, you know, these are the core elements that get people out of the the shitty mindset that they're in, the dangerous mindset that they're in. And then, of course, these agencies that should be working together who weren't, and that's when September 11th happened, these agencies that should be working together to solve these problems, and at times they're not, or they are identifying these dangerous people, and then they're not doing anything about it. They're not following up on it for whatever reason and then the actual event happens now if new zealand wants to go and ban guns and i'm only going to stay on this topic for a quick second then move on if new zealand wants to go and do something like ban guns fine that's fine they can do that uh it, 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 they yeah they can do that i mean i don't know why the new zealand the prime minister of new zealand said i don't understand the u.s about their gun laws well it's not your job to your job is to understand understand new zealand so, do you want to ban guns there? Or certain guns? Fine. I got a great idea. How about you fucking ban Facebook? Okay? If you want to stop the spread of... The, uh, if you want to stop the spread of... Of this type of shit, how about you, instead of banning guns, why don't you ban Facebook too? One or the other. Why don't you ban both? Okay? It was live streamed. The violence was live streamed. Where was it live streamed on? It was on Facebook. You know, guns. The gun didn't kill somebody. The person did. You can ban the guns, but you better ban the fucking the uh, act of violence that was channeled all over the world, advertised all over the world. So why don't you get rid of Facebook too? Why don't you ban Facebook in New Zealand? If you really got a metaphorical set of balls, why don't you do that as well? You know, the actual act of violence and the expression of violence. All right, get rid of Facebook then. See what Facebook says about that. Ban YouTube. Just thought. I mean, if you're going to get... I'm just saying. 
If you're going to get rid of one, I'm not just saying, I'm, con, I'm, I'm introducing the thought. If you're going to ban one thing, why don't you ban the other? Both are just as dangerous in, in some ways, if you're going to say, if you're going to state that. Both are, and here's the thing, in the United States, both are, are protected under this First and Second Amendment. I mean, incitement of violence and the actual display of violence is not. But the actual speech through Facebook should be allowed. Actual just, actual freedom of speech and then Second Amendment, those are, those are still allowed here in the United States. Well, if you don't believe in guns in in New Zealand, then get rid of the other one too. Just get rid of both of them. I don't know. Just just spitballing. Just an idea. Just a thought. I mean, if you want to get rid of them, you might as well do it that way. Just get rid of both. That way there's no more guns in New Zealand and there's no more social media. And then you won't have that problem anymore. And then everything will be done through press releases. Whenever there's an actual news uh, event in New Zealand, it will either be done through the press and or it can be on the on New Zealand's website, official website. So uh, my advice to the my advice to the Prime Minister of New Zealand is uh ban Facebook. Just get rid of it. Ban Twitter if you want. I don't know. It's it's you're the Prime Minister, do what you want. But I'm just saying that's one thing you may want to take into consideration. Anyways, we're coming up on 49 minutes here. I'm going to do one more article, and then I'm going to get to... I'm going to finish up with a couple... Boy, that kind of brought this down a notch, didn't it? I don't know what happened to me. Uh, drone on the farm, people don't like you, Facebook debate, car buying tips. Yeah, give that a uh, Frezzy Ali on the stream chat. Hi, question mark. Well, hi to you, Frezzy Ali. Welcome to the stream chat. Uh, if you have questions or comments or concerns... Feel free to introduce them that way. We got another 10 minutes left on the podcast before we wrap it up today. It's a nice and slow day. I've got, you know, I don't, I don't have to. This is not gimmicky. I, I like to just be whatever I am on this Wednesday, on any Wednesday, just as far as what, what kind of, how I'm mentally feeling, my energy levels. I'm not going to try to force it on you. I'm not going to try to be fake in any way, shape, or form. Whatever mood I'm into the podcast, I usually try to kick it up in the notch in the beginning and see how it carries out through the rest of the episode. Uh, and then anybody who has questions or concerns, you're more than welcome to hit me up in any way, shape, or form. You know, just trying to be here for you guys and maybe you guys have some input and you're not sure what to say or do. So, uh, yeah, I appreciate any input you have. Anyways, so we're going to get, we finished up with those articles. And I actually want to get to a funny one. Not really funny, but you look like you were in the military, Frazzy Ali comments. I was not in the military in any way, shape, or form. I talked to a recruiter when I was in college. He was a douche, and I uh, I didn't go. I said I'm, I'm like I'm I'm like no I'm out. So I am not in the military. I support our military. Uh, my father was a riot cop back in the late '60s and early '70s. He was a riot cop in New York City. Drug enforcement, uh, riot, uh, you know, social, you know, that fucking nightmare. That was New York in the early 70s. So he was a part of that. That's what he did. Um, there's some militarization there, but for the most part, nah. No no military blood in me. I think I would have washed out. Or I could have persevered, you know. I'm trying to be optimistic. Anyways, uh, last event, uh, last article. Elon Musk and others respond to Bezos' space plans. So Amazon founder Jeff Bezos announced his plans to send humans to the moon by 20... What was that? Uh, fucking... Deal with that later. Anyways, I'm distracted today. Sorry. Amazon founder Jeff Bezos announced his plans to send humans to the moon by 2024, a plan that was criticized by many, including fellow billionaire, billionaire Elon Musk. On Thursday's 
Bezos introduced the world to Blue Moon. So go to uh, you can go to roguerocket.com or you can just Google Jeff Bezos Blue Moon. Introduced the world to Blue Moon, the first lunar lander by his space company, Blue Origin. He said the vehicle could carry 3.6 metric tons to the moon's surface. A stretch tank version would could take over six tons. His goal is to establish a human presence on the moon. Quote, we, we were given a gift, the, the nearby this nearby body called the moon, Bezos said during his presentation. It's time to go back to the moon and this time stay. There was actually an, an announcement by Donald Trump to say that we are going back to the moon. He's investing a lot of money in NASA. He wants to go back. Uh, Mike, President, uh, Vice President Pence said the same thing. And then, of course, Elon Musk has SpaceX, and he is called also following up. And he's actually trying to get to Mars. And he's working on his reusable uh, um, rockets, which are actually quite doing well. He just landed one in the middle of the ocean on, like, a little flotation thingy in the freaking – that was cool. You got to go check it out. Go to, like, YouTube and check out reusable rockets. SpaceX. It's nuts. Uh, the tech giant brought up Vice President Mike Pence's goal of getting back to the moon by 2024. Quote, I love this. It's the right thing to do, he said. We can help meet that deadline, but only because we started three years ago. The craft is designed to take payloads of infrastructure like tools, rovers, and other equipment to the moon. People would come after. His long-term goal is to build self-sustaining colonies, though he acknowledges that this is a project that would likely be left for future generations. His motivation for putting life on the moon is to help Earth. He believes that spreading the population to areas with new resources, we can save resources on our planet. He's not wrong. Uh, however, Musk and others criticized the plan. Establishing human presence on the moon in five years sounded like an ambitious plan to someone who watched eliciting a variety of reactions, notably Tesla and SpaceX mogul. Mogul? Mogul. Elon Musk responded on Twitter, making a meme out of Bezos' project. In it, he posted a modified photo of the lunar launch, calling it Blue Balls. <laughs> Uh, let's see. It, yeah, Musk has SpaceX. Da da da. Accused Bezos. Last year, Musk accused Bezos of copying uh, his plans for getting satellites into space. Despite making history of making jabs of Blue Origin, he also said that quote competition is good. Uh, Musk was not only the not the only person who saw Bezos' major announcement as worthy of criticism. Many were upset that Bezos did not have a public live stream of his presentation and instead waited to share the video of the announcement till later. Musk often does live streams of critical company news, prompting many others to ask why Bozos... Bozes? Oh, whoops. That's a freaking misspelling right there. Bezos did not follow suit. Others others like journalist Dave Leviton said that Bezos had enough problems with Amazon should focus on instead of working on something so expansive and new. Support for Blue Moon. Meanwhile, others came to Bezos' defense, applauding what his, this project could mean for their future everyday astronaut, which is a YouTube channel devoted to space education. People should get excited. Okay. My thoughts on going back to the moon and going and going out further into space and working on space. Absolutely, 100%, unequivocally, we need to be going back out there. We need to be getting rid of space junk. We need to get rid of space junk. Okay, we need to focus on what we can do with the moon. It's an actual body a stable entity a body that's right near us that we could be doing so much more with i don't know if we can terraform it but we can definitely terraform uh or terraform mars whatever you want to call it so we can which would make it a lot more susceptible allowable to colonization and mars is a relatively large planet it's way bigger than the moon so we need to get to the moon and we need to do stuff with it and we need to make make sure that we can do whatever we can with the resources that are on there and the resources that we can put there and grow there and from there, make it easier for us to get to Mars and then go from there. Okay, we need to we need to invest a lot of money in space exploration. We need all these free market companies 
but they also need to help with the space junk. They all that is one stipulation. If they can help get rid of space junk, that would be much most appreciated. There is so much shit, just utter shit circulating orbiting the planet right now. Like one little tiny screw. One little tiny screw traveling at 17,000 miles per hour can knock out an entire satellite. It can knock out a space station. It can knock out any rockets going out of going into and out of orbit. It can do all kinds of damage. I mean, that movie Gravity was not, you know, it was not wrong in, in its in its thought process in the beginning of the movie. That shit can happen. And believe me, if you go and look, I believe you can go and Google space junk, and it will give you like an actual orbiting uh, look into what is actually going on out there. So that's the one thing. But I do once we go and clean up that issue, I strongly suggest we get to the moon, work on the moon, kind of. It'll it'll move our focus away towards away from maybe some of the problems that are on are going on in our planet with our people within our state within our community and maybe give us an actual focus of being pioneers reaching for the stars and kind of unite us a little bit because going back to the moon I think I don't know if that would be as big of an event but I think the idea of getting to the Mars would probably turn would get would turn some people's heads. Now, warp drive would be pretty freaking sweet too, but it's nothing. Um, so yeah, I, I just want to you know put that out there. Uh, as far as movie reviews go, I'm gonna. I mean, ever since the uh, the Avengers came out and I gave that thing high hat, you actually I drop I just dropped the official review for uh, Avengers Endgame on PositiveSarcasm.com in the uh, movie review section. I, I did officially give it five stars. Um, just. I mean, just the when I was there in the audience watching the movie, I was just in awe of the intensity of the ending of it. So um, you can go and check that out, plus all the other like 450 movie reviews I have up on there on the uh, on positivesarcasm.com. But as far as the luck I've had watching movies as of, uh, after that, not so much. I saw two movies that were so bad I actually shut both of them off before. And this I don't do that often. Shutting movies off before they're actually done is something I never really do. But uh did not work out for me this this week. So Dinner for Schmucks starring Paul Rudd and Steve Carell. Uncomfortable, like a like a really bad Ben Stiller movie with just a bunch of embarrassing scenes and unlovable characters, unfunny script. Something that could have been funny, but really was just just a, a juggling mess of just uncomfortable scenarios that you just were not believable in any way, shape, or form. A flat out one star for this movie in general. It's just a fucking, just a terrible movie. Shutting, I mean, and these are not long movies, so to shut it off before the 90 minutes are done was a smart decision. The bad decision was actually pressing play to begin with. The second one was a throwback, uh, a cult classic, I guess they call it, Dune. Dune was a movie where um, something called the Spice, he who controls the Spice controls the universe. I don't even want to bother explaining to pl the plot of this movie. I can tell you it's sci-fi. There's a lot of th there's a giant power struggle, a lot like the Jupiter Ascending movie, which I gave uh, a two-star review to. But this one was Dune. This one was basically Jupiter Ascending, only it was made 30 years before. It was twice as bad. The acting was fucking stupid. And quite frankly, I'm glad I shut this. I had no clue what was going on in this movie. I think I switched over to watching Rick and Morty uh, about 45 minutes to an hour into this because I was just so 
confused and underwhelmed by the entire everything that that was this movie. I'm assuming that maybe I'm assuming that you know maybe it was a good book or maybe it was a good video game or maybe it was a good something, but I can tell you what it was it was not a good. It was not a good movie. Then that was also a one-star movie. So Dinner for Schmucks, one star. Don't look at don't pursue it in any way shape or form. Believe me, when I say it's a bad movie, I'm saying don't waste your 90 minutes to 2 hours on it or your dollar 99 on Google on Google Play movies. Dune also Dune D U N E uh D U N E Dune we're done D O N E stupid movie stupid plot don't waste your time there are better halfway decent sci-fi 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 flicks out there such as and it's not Valerian uh Annihilation Annihilation is a great alternative for watching Dune okay it's it's sci-fi it's in depth it's got an intense ending and it definitely is different than a lot of the other sci-fi movies you've seen i would definitely recommend annihilation over dune any day of the week so that's my thoughts on that and we are at an hour here a little off this week but that's okay just a lot on my mind if you have other questions or concerns or comments or other things you want me to bring up on the podcast um i did have some things but i completely forgot about them but I did. I wanted to bring up the because these were a little more serious topics. We're because t- we're talking about regulation and monopolies and stuff like that, and it has to do with the social media that we use on a daily basis, that can easily 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 rob us of our our utilization of our time. You know, like Facebook and Instagram. It's easy to go in a hole, and then next thing you know, an hour later, you don't get anything accomplished. You're tired. You're depressed. You're in withdrawals. And you, human contact and human creativity, human creativity suffers because of it. So, yeah, I just, I wouldn't, I just, I'm not a fan of it. So, I mean, whatever happens, I guess we're just gonna have to wait and see. And, you know, make sure you don't have all your eggs in one basket. Uh, let's see, May 25th coming up, I have the Southern Sudan Hope Project that's gonna be at the Palace Theater. I believe the seats are sold out. I if you're in the area and you're looking to see an hour-long thingy, you can go to palacetheater.com. They have, they may have a couple tickets still kicking around, but I think they're pretty much sold out at this point. That presentation, however, will be up in short documentary form and in a complete long, complete long version, pending uh, the okay from the Palace Theater. It'll all be up on YouTube. You can all go to my channel, Positive Sarcasm, uh, on YouTube. And you can subscribe there, hit the notification bell. If you need more thoughts and information, you can hit me up on all my social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can also email me directly, positivesarcasmatoutlook.com, or you can just go straight to my website, positivesarcasm.com, and hit the contact button. If you want to donate, you can go to uh, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. I highly I highly appreciate all the support and effort and, and questions and comments that you guys have been giving me over the past few months. Uh, I definitely see this thing going in a more positive future, hence the name. I look forward to getting more gear. I look forward to getting more, um, you know, getting more stuff out there to you. And if you guys are looking for posing music as well, if you're a fitness person and you need some posing music or you need something edited in general or you have thoughts or comments, just hit me up. I, I love, I enjoy doing this and exercising my brain at least once a week on the podcast. And I look forward to getting more uh, stuff streamed on YouTube. So I've already said that before, which means I'm pretty much done for the day. Uh, thank you guys for listening, watching, subscribing, all the new subscribers on the Twitch stream, twitch.tv slash positive sarcasm one. You can find uh, this podcast, which uh, drops every Thursday, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, podcast addict, Google play music, or you can download it directly from 
positivesarcasm.com. Thank you all for listening, watching, subscribing. I will talk to you all next week. This has been a Positive Sarcasm Presentation.